Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. If you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Oh, need a minute to get something to write with? But don't worry, I'll give the number again right after the commentary. Or if you like, you can Twitter me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. Well, welcome back, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and we're going to start the show off a little differently today. Um, I recently was informed that um, a young lady who is doing great work in Haiti, who uh, actually needed some time for a fundraiser that's coming up for a very special project for the youth of Haiti. And um, if you know me, you know I have a, a soft spot for nonprofits and charities, so I had to clear some things off the schedule and just make a little room. And here she is now. Joanne Richard. Hello, good evening. How are you? <laughs> good evening and thank you for joining us today. I'm glad we were able to get an opportunity to get you on and tell us a little bit about Kainu Incorporated. Thank you for having me. Yes. Um I actually wanted to briefly talk about Kainu. Um 
Kainu actually means our house in Haitian Creole, and I am of Haitian descent, so of course this is dear to me. Um, we are currently trying to help out. There are a group of 250 children that we help out in Haiti. Um, there's a section of Haiti called La Plaine, uh, which is about 20 minutes from Port-au-Prince, which is the capital of Haiti. Um, these children, what makes um, these group of children particularly special is the fact that they are, a portion of them are Restavic children, which um, mm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this situation. Yeah, um, I am, but go ahead and explain exactly what this indentured servitude uh, is all about. Right. A lot of these children, um, their families are unable to actually take care of them. So a lot of times they're often given to families which might, which they feel are um, probably better able to take care of them. But a lot of times these families, that's not really what the case is. And so a lot of these children, they end up probably worse off than they would have been with their parents. So the center that Kainu is working with in Haiti they are actually trying to rehabilitate um, this this mentality that they have. So these children, there's about 250 children that uh, come to the center. These children get two meals a day. They have educational programs, and there are about 750 families that also benefit from the work that is being done there. Um, it's also, like I said, it's it's more than just coming there to receive um, like food and and actual education, um, and actual uh, perhaps like clothing, but it's more so like understanding that we are humans and we have to take care of one another, we have to care for one another. So um, Kainu is participating right now with this organization in order to bring uniforms. We have a a uniform drive right now that is um, taking place. We actually start in October, and we are trying to get back to Haiti by January. we have about 500 uniforms that we would like to bring to these children. And we have a website, which is um, www.kainu, which is K-A-Y-N-O-U-I-N-C dot org. Um, and anyone can go there and donate if they'd like to um, get more information about how they can help us with our drive. Like I said, we have 500 uniforms that we would like to return to Haiti with. If everyone knows, I mean, a uniform, these they're not just uniform. They provide um, a sense of community, a sense of dignity to these children because mm-hmm. a lot of these kids, they come and it's like, you know, they you see their desire to learn. You see that they're, they're there and they, they want to, to be like everyone else. They want to, to achieve something. They want to be someone tomorrow. So it's like when when you give them this, and we also have a backpack drive, so it's like aside from just the uniforms, these children, if you donate for just $15, you can give them a full uniform. For $20, you can give them a backpack. For $15, you can also fill that backpack with school supplies. So all of these little things, they just give them a sense of community. They help them get through their school day. They actually help them retain and actually achieve what they're there to do. Um, so, again, um, I'm sure you... Um, I'm, I'm sure that they can find more information on your webpage, but it's on www.kainuinc.org. Um, all the information is there if anyone would like to donate via there or contact me for more information. Um, but we would like to return to Haiti within um, January, early February to return 
with all these items. And what makes Kainu different from any other organization is that I personally go there. There's no third party. We have a team that actually comes to Haiti. We've been there prior to the earthquake. Um, I've been going to Haiti since um, 2008. We participated in medical missions and um, when they had the hurricane. Um, we've done drives for that. Um, immediately after the earthquake, we've done survival kit drives for them. So I've been going since the earthquake. I've gone back twice. And again, like I'm saying, I'd like to go back in January. Um, so these are ongoing efforts. And again, there are no third parties. So everything that I collect, um, we're based in Maryland, but everything that I collect, I, I personally take down to Haiti to ensure that the center receives everything um, firsthand from me. And um, you also, um, I, I sort of lost my thought, but you're actually going to, to bring these things as well down there. But, um, God, I had a question, and I, I guess I let you talk too long, and you were interested in me in the uh, the next trip. But did you have a goal in mind as well as as far as how much money you're trying to raise in order to do what you thought you'd like to do there when you get there? Yes, we actually are trying to raise five thousand um, dollars for the uniforms. Um, so, and our goal was actually five hundred uniforms. Um, mm. But the cost in order to rate in order to bring that would be five hundred five thousand um, dollars. And we have not reached our goal yet, and so we're still pushing forward. So we're urging. You know, this is why we have this really great push right now. Um, I know it's the end of the at the end of the year, so um, we're really just asking everyone to dig deep. Um, just remember these kids, uh, they're really like, I think what's, what's touching just to see that even within everything that they've gone through, I mean, with cholera, like we had three kids at the center that has actually been affected by cholera, but they've made it through, they're they're all right, you know, and everyone, everything that they go through, they're still persevering, they're still going through, um, they're still pushing through, and they still have that desire, and even when you talk to these children, like every time I go there, it's really what gives me the drive to come back and, and, like, talk to everyone and really push for them because it's like the fire that they have. It's like you have to come back and, and explain that, you know, someone has to care. Someone really has to make a difference. Someone has to pretty much be their voice because it's easy to come back and just get into your routine here in the States and get into into your comfortable living and forget what's going on there. But this really can't continue. Like, um, granted, I don't believe in handouts. I don't believe that, you know, that's the way it should be. But I do believe that, you know, if you give them a chance that they can succeed, that they will make something out of themselves. So that's really what Kainu promotes, um, just giving a child a chance so that way tomorrow that they can pretty much survive on their own. And, Joanne, when is the deadline for your raising the funds that you need? We're really trying to push for um, December 31st. Um so like I said, we're really trying to raise our, our goal is $5,000, and we're hoping to make it by the 31st of December. We are on Facebook, um, and I'm constantly, you know, you can friend us, um, constantly pushing up updates so everyone knows where we stand. Um, mm-hmm. But we're still trying to meet our goal. So okay. pretty much we're going to go to Haiti when we meet our goal. So I really need our everyone's help. <laughs> okay, awesome. And um, um one of the things I'd, I'd like to do to help as well is I, I wanted to produce a um, a PSA for you guys as well that you can use any way you see fit and um, to help to get the word out. Um, 
as a matter of fact, we'll we'll go ahead and um, segue out with one of the um, nonprofits I'm working with as well that deals with uh, modern day slavery, which is something that you did mention that is one of the plights of these young children. But right. I want to thank you, and I, I look forward to um, keeping track with how you're you're doing with the um, efforts to raise this money, as well as um, you know staying in contact and just finding out how things are going in Haiti and um, maybe putting you together with some other folks that can help as well that have uh, a like mind in helping people. And um, we just we just thank God for people like you, really, Joanne, and um, just really appreciate you dropping by today. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Hi, I'm Michael Fordham, host of a measure. Hi, I'm Michael Fordham, host of a measure of truth on BlogTalkRadio.com, and I want to take a moment to talk to you about a heinous crime against humanity that plagues our nation, and yes, believe it or not, communities just like yours. Here's something you can do today to lend your support in the fight against human trafficking, also known as modern slavery. For example. Tanya was only 11 when she was forced to use her body for her own survival and the perverse desires of others. Now 18, Tanya knows no other life. She can't even remember when she was able to choose how she wanted to dress. Tanya dreams of being a teacher one day, and with the help of Bridge to Freedom programs and your support, they can empower her and others like her to move from surviving to thriving. You can make a huge difference in the life of a survivor this year through your support and donations to Bridge to Freedom Foundation. Bridge to Freedom is a nonprofit organization that provides aid to survivors of slavery who now live in the U.S., such as former child soldiers and victims of sex trafficking and forced labor. The cornerstone of Bridge to Freedom's work is personal and professional development to help survivors adapt and thrive in their new lives and communities and find work to support themselves. The Bridge to Freedom Foundation needs your support to help people just like Tanya. They need your urgent action to ensure that they can continue to provide clothing and health and beauty services to these survivors. These are not only important for rebuilding self-esteem, but are crucial to finding employment. They're also in great need of storage containers and clothing racks to organize and store donations. While donations of needed items are vital, one sure thing that will help to stop the spread of this injustice and prevent it from thriving undetected is educating yourselves about human trafficking or slavery and knowing the signs and the proper authorities to contact if you become aware of a victim in crisis. Find out more at BridgeToFreedomFoundation.org or if you have a reason to suspect that someone may be a victim of human trafficking, please call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center hotline on 1-888-373-7888. Multilingual call specialists are on standby 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. All calls are confidential. Tommy Taylor began performing in D.C. stand-up comedy clubs in 2004 and instantly realized he was a special talent. In his first two months of ever gracing a stage, he placed as a regional runner-up in the Sierra Mist Comedy Central's search for America's next great comic and later in Baltimore's Funniest Person competition. Recently, Tommy was 
also hand-selected to participate in the historic Bay Area Black Comedy Competition, where he was a quarter-finalist. Being a clean comedian, Taylor does not curse or get raunchy with his material. However, he still captivates audiences from all walks of life, from the rawest urban comedy clubs to the most politically savvy mainstream rooms. Tommy uses a combination of intellect and gut-busting comedy that leaves the crowd in stitches. Tommy Taylor, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> Tommy, so how are you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing real well. How about yourself? I'm doing good, man. I've been looking at your stuff, looking at your website. See, you got a lot of things going on, man. Just just tell us, um, how did you actually get into this business? How long have you been doing it? Um, I've been doing it for a couple of years now. Uh, at first of all, I need to uh, get my mic check. I, I want my voice to sound as deep as yours. How do we do that? Ooh, man, you might have to go to the store for that. <laughs> yeah, I like, you I, got that good, that good sound going on. Right there. I like that. Well, yeah, I, I have a, I have a studio mic, um, and you're on the telephone, so you know, hey, what can you do? But you know, one of the things I wanted to know though. Now, you've been in this business for a while, um, and um, I hear you have a background in Carnegie Mellon. I've actually known some students from that amazing school, man, and um, they were all brilliantly talented. And it's a difficult school to get into, so tell us about how you actually made the grade there. Yeah, well, actually, one of my – I always love entertaining. I also love, uh, you know, learning also. And uh, computers is like one of my big loves, you know, as well. So um, I always want to do computer engineering, computer science. And uh, Carnegie Mellon actually has, you know, um, like the number one, number two program in the country uh, for computer engineering and, like, the number one program for performing arts. So mm. um, I thought it would be a great school for me to go to kind of mesh, um, you know, both of my, you know, big interests there. Right, right. So you actually did the performing arts end of it as well while you were there. Yeah, I think I did, like, everything. I had a uh, – actually, I had a double major and a double minor, but, like, both of my double majors were, like, dual major. So I did electrical and computer engineering and engineering and public policy. Then I did a minor in business and drama. So wow. I was pretty busy. <laughs> Absolutely. And you, you decided to take a different take, though, on this comedy thing by doing clean comedy. Now, you know, this is a brand new genre. There's a lot of people doing it. Um, I don't know if you compare yourself to being more like a Bill Cosby or more like a, um, a Christian comedian, but um, tell us the reason why you chose to go this route. Well, um, it's all about just pretty much staying true to yourself. Um, mm -hmm. I think the thing I like most about, you know, all comedians is, like, the honesty you get, like, in comedy. It's just a very raw vulnerability there. And um, with me, like, I don't really curse in my – well, I don't curse in my, you know, my everyday life. So when I was starting to do stand-up, I was like, you know, um, I'm not going to just uh, bend to what everybody else is doing. I'm going to, you know, stay true to myself. And so, you know, that's really, you know, the real reason I don't, uh, you know, curse or anything like that. Uh, it's because, you know, I don't really do it anyway, so why would I do it on stages to get laughs? Right, and, right. Um, and then, too, like, I also feel like a lot of times with comedy, um, if you take away cursing, you take away sex, um, a lot of people lose a lot of their, a lot of their act. <laughs> exactly. You know, and um, it's just very repetitious. Now, even in, like, you know, Christian comedy and stuff like that, it's a lot of times you hear a lot of the same things, like, you know, the lady with the church hat or, you know, the pastor, you know, sound in a certain way. So I just really wanted to kind of, um, you know, take a different approach, just trying to, you know, just find humor in everything, which you can. And, um, you know, it's definitely a big challenge, you know, because a lot of times it's easier to do certain things. But, you know, so um, that's really why I did it, you know, trying to just uh, be myself and, um, 
hopefully, you know, kind of create or find my own voice in that. Right, right. Now, you also do sketch comedy as well as stand-up. Tell us a little bit about the differences between the two and the challenges you have in doing those. Yeah, well, sketch comedy, um, I feel, is... Uh, well, sketch comedy, situational comedy, um, I think are really my strengths um, because... Um, for me, it's easier to uh, show a joke than to tell it, I think. Mm, okay. um, so um, that's really where that kind of uh, messed from. I always kind of wanted my own TV show, and uh, one day I decided to kind of create one of my on my own. So, um, you know, with my computer background and stuff like that, I kind of taught myself to edit and uh, get a lot of, you know, the kind of computer skills you need to, you know, produce that kind of stuff. And um, that's pretty much it. So, I, you know, um, with that, I kind of crafted my television show, which is called the Tommy Taylor Show. Um, I got uh, some of my – I actually had some female friends who were doing modeling and things like that, and they're also very funny. And part of the show is I really wanted to kind of have everybody involved as much Tommy, as possible. Like, uh, Tommy, yeah. they were funny? Can you hear me? They were funny? <laughs> I yeah, they were funny. <laughs> okay. I was going to ask you about the Tommy girls, man. You know we had to get to that eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So they're really funny. It's not Matt Game. Okay, I got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're uh, very much talented young ladies. Um, actually, in this year we auditioned. Um, we had actually girls from all around the country coming in to audition for the Tommy Girls. And so we have a lot of different, um, some of them do more serious acting, some more comedic. Uh, but then they're all real beautiful, too. So, I mean, I'm not uh, hurting that in that uh, area. <laughs> You know, okay. that, that's always cool to have some pretty girls around, but, you know, they're all very right. talented, super talented also. Wow. Yeah. Now, you know, when I heard about you, and I, it sort of made me think back to the times of, like, um, Robert Townsend and um, when the weigh-ins still had an uh, living color. And I was like, wow, sketch comedy on TV again. That's pretty awesome stuff. Because, you know, it, it's the most difficult thing in the world to be able to get on television as a of African American comedian, and um, that was one of the reasons why um, they they did this in Living Color thing because you know Saturday Night Live was so hard to actually you know break down that door and get in. It was only for a chosen few, right? And tell us the reason why you decided to do um, your own television show, and are you producing that as well? Yeah, well, I do produce the show myself. Um, uh, basically, you know, the reason for that was. I wanted an outlet to, you know, showcase my different uh, skills and talents. And a lot of times you don't have an opportunity to do, you know, everything that you want to do. So I was like, well, why not just create my own? And that was kind of the uh, goal. And also to link up with, I know a lot of comedians in the area um, and a lot of comedians around the country were, you know, doing different things. And really uh, it would give us another outlet to kind of showcase our skills um, mm -hmm. in that, you know, in that form. So that was kind of the big goal. Um, you see, there's not really many other, uh, you know, kind of sketch comedy shows or not a lot of, like, visual outlets or on TV and things like that for comedians to, uh, you know, to be on. So uh, that, my whole kind of essence in doing this was, you know, to kind of create this vehicle for everybody and for myself, you know, to be able to um, create some, you know, very funny, entertaining stuff and, um, you know, just kind of challenge ourselves. And, the diff you know, we can get on stage, you know, wherever we want to, but, you know, on TV is always a harder uh, deal to get onto. So, um, you know, just being able to get into that and, um, uh, you know, challenge ourselves in that platform. Now, this is on local television, correct? Yes, it airs in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. Uh, it's about 1.3 million homes right now. 
and um, looking to hopefully go uh, national or do some different things in that uh, nature pretty soon. So things are looking pretty good. Oh man, and and I see you've got some some YouTube excerpts out there as well. And um, how, how long has the show actually been on the air? Uh, well, actually, I started uh, everything probably about hmm, uh, three or four years ago. Uh, again, I just told you, I was gathering my camera and uh, got a couple of my friends here. I was like, let's, let's make some videos. And uh, we started putting some stuff on YouTube and actually got a, a few million hits. Um, actually had a lot of uh, different networks contacting me um, via that. So now wow. I'm kind of refocusing my energy and um, – Really, a lot of stuff. It really wasn't uh, scripted. I would just have a an idea, and then I just go out and you know we just shoot it, and um, you know kind of put it together. And so now I kind of got everything together. Um, you know, enhanced like the acting and stuff like that. Also scripted everything. Um, teamed up with a music producer. We got you know to make my original theme songs. All you know, so from A to Z, we're kind of covering all the bases and really just put a lot more thought into it. And um, you know, so now hopefully. Uh, to the point where, you know, it could be on anybody's network. And wow. you know, with my engineering background, you know, I was able to, you know, produce different things. And uh, we started a production company out of that. And, uh, you know, so that's um, pretty much that. And, Man, you um, are a busy guy. <laughs> trying to be. <laughs> when would you have time to be funny? <laughs> this is all serious <laughs> stuff you got going on here. Yeah, but, I mean, it's, 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 it's fun when you get to do what you really love to do. I love to entertain people and to, um, you know, just uh, allow my ideas to come come to light. So um, it's always, it's a, I mean, it's a work, but it's also something I love and it's a joy to do. So and it's right. always rewarding when you see people laughing or talking about the show and things like that. So that's Tell us a little bit about the format of your show. How long does it is it on, you know, is it an hour or half an hour? And um, pretty much how, how does that sort of play out? Yeah, it's a half an hour show, um, thirty minute show. Uh, um, it just and it has a lot of different thing elements into it. I have a lot of reoccurring segments that I do on the show. I do like these uh, music video parodies in there. Um, I create a lot of different characters. Um, I have one character called Whitey Williams. People really like him. This is uh, <laughs> oh, give kinda, us something. Uh, give us something from Whitey. No nonsense, white guy. Well, uh, he does like this movie review show right now, and um, he was talking about. Uh, uh, the book of Eli, you know, he's just a real kind of no-nonsense white guy. <laughs> hey, guys, it's me, Whitey. <laughs> oh, goodness. Hey, John. John, you there, buddy? <laughs> hey, hey, buddy, you, you listening? <laughs> oh, I love the I love the black guys. love being on the black show. This is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, hey, I went to go see a movie the other day, the book of Eli. Have you seen Have you seen the book of Eli, John? Huh? Have you seen it? <laughs> I'm sorry, you're gonna leave me hanging, buddy? Uh, you're gonna leave me hanging? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pound yeah. me up, pound me up, dog. Pound <laughs> me up, dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, oh, I wanted yeah. to see the book of Eli. You know, it was, it was a hoot. <laughs> and I knew the world must be coming to an end when a black man was fighting over a book, I tell you that. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, I'm a riot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my that's, goodness. That's Whitey right there. Oh, that was funny. And, you know, that's. It just happens to be the um, picture I posted up. I guess is this character, the blonde-haired guy with the um, FUBU um, sweatshirt on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's Whitey right there. Oh man, that's funny. That's crazy. That's we're gonna uh, what we're planning to do pretty soon is take him to a tea party rally. So that should be pretty uh, pretty <laughs> interesting. I got to stay tuned and check out you know check out the website and everything. And uh, wow, <laughs> do you have any other characters you can share with us? Um. 
Man, I do pretty much uh, a whole lot of stuff. I do like um, Obama. You know, Obama. Oh, okay. All right. Let's Uh, let's get that. uh, Now, John, uh, you know, the first thing uh, we need to do, okay, is that we need to agree uh, to uh, disagree. Can we do that? Little Obama right there, um, you know. Hey, you know I, I make it do what it do, baby. Yeah, you know, Ray Charles. <laughs> um, I mean, it goes, it goes on uh, just kind of whoever comes to mind. We have some uh, R. Kelly spoofs. I don't know if I want to do that on the radio. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, if you can do it on TV, why wouldn't you be able to do it on radio? <laughs> so I was messing around. Oh, okay, okay. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, my show, I don't, I don't think the kiddies are listening, but um, yeah, <laughs> that's that's really good stuff. And um, so, where are the studios? Uh, the studios. Uh, I have, um, we have a studio of our own in uh, in uh, DC, and we also um, have one uh, which is down downtown, like off um, uh, right downtown DC, and then we have another one in uh, Georgetown, which we use a lot also. Oh, I so see. So. And um, so are there any plans in the works to make the show a little bit longer than the half hour? Um, well, I think the half an hour is a pretty good um, time slot for now. Uh, kind of big goal mm-hmm. is now, uh, you know, branching out to hopefully, uh, you know, a larger audience, you know, than the D.C. Mountain Virginia area, mm-hmm. uh, bigger networks and things like that. And um, we have some things in the way, but just really trying to, uh, you know, stay grinding and, um you know, uh, see what happens with, with it. Right, right. Wow. Well, uh, we miss, we wish you much success. And um, it sounds like, you know, you've got a lot going on already. I mean, but um, I don't know where you find the hours in the day to be able to do all the things that you do. And um, are, do you have a staff of folks working with you as well that help you out with this in production? And Yeah, um, I do. uh <laughs> It's kind of funny. I actually do a lot of the editing and everything myself. Um, wow. Because I do it, I'm able to do it uh, a lot quicker than I've able to, been able to find anybody else to do it. <laughs> really? So, uh, yeah, I kind of turn them out pretty quick. I'm, you know, uh, real, uh, you know, on, I like I like to work hard, you know, and get it out mm-hmm. there. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do have, a, um, we have a small group, um, uh, talented uh, uh, guys and girls um, uh, with a production company. So, we do to do the video production stuff like that. Um, I do most of the writing myself, but you know, at the same time, I'm really trying to get a lot of the other uh, comedians and stuff. I'm mean, a lot of comedians hit me up with ideas, and so we're um, in the process now of getting a lot of those together, and you know, just kind of making this a, a real platform for everybody. You know, that's really my goal. Yeah, well, that's awesome, man. Uh, you, you definitely have the ability to. Um... Touch a lot of lives out there, and um, you know, making people laugh, man, that must be the the best job in the world, really. When you think about it. Yeah, it is. And then you know, also being able to you know stay clean and do it where people, uh, you know, the whole family can watch, and um, you know, everybody can get, you know, you know, it's not like a real hokey dokey, you know, kind of oh, you know, uh, what you really think of, we think clean comedy or you know this and that, but this is something everybody can watch and really enjoy, and that's kind of the goal of it. Um, and then it's really, you know, it just brings a lot of places we can have people. I have actually a lot of kids come up to me, and they're really enjoying the show. And, it's, you know, there's no curse, and I don't feel bad when they come up to me or anything like that. And, um, you know, it's pretty cool, you know, just to kind of have this kind of wide range of audience. And uh, I think that's what helps you because it gives you more, um, uh, you know, fans and people who support you. I don't know a lot of comedians who have, like, a, a lot of big, uh, <laughs> I guess, younger base with, you know, as well as older people, you know, so... 
that's that's a pretty cool aspect of it too. So I mean, that you know brings a lot of uh, joy to me also, and just make people laugh. And um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Now you've done some acting as well, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I've been doing a lot of um, acting. To be honest with you, that's kind of my first goal because I tell you, I like to do more of a visual comedy. So my first uh, thing I really wanted to do was uh, do acting, maybe like sitcoms and things like that. And um, so then I kind of branched off into stand-up because of that. And um, but I've been doing a lot of acting, doing a lot of commercials. Um, things yeah, like tell first, us some uh, of the, some of the things you've done. Yeah. Yeah, actually, um, I prayed about it one day. I was like, you know, what do I want to do? And, like, the next day I got a call from uh, HBO. They were doing The Wire. Mm. Here. So I got a little uh, small part in The Wire, but it was a reoccurring thing. So I was in that for about three seasons, um, season three, four, five. The last season was the fifth season. So I was in The Wire doing that. Um, <laughs> done a lot of different things. Uh, a couple episodes of America's Most Wanted. Um, oh, okay. It was on the Conan O'Brien show. Um, a lot of uh, different commercials, like Orioles commercials, ESPN. Um, mm. I was able to do this. Uh, I do a lot of voiceovers now also. I guess I do Oh, characters. okay. And one time um, I went to this uh, audition, and it was for Usher. Usher was supposed to do this, uh, I guess, voice thing, but I kind of did this impersonation of him and um, ended up getting a commercial to do his part. <laughs> oh, really? AT&T. Yeah, it was an AT&T commercial. Um, what? Uh, they were preloading his phones with his new album because uh, it was a music phone. And so I did a uh, you know voiceover for that and well, opened up other doors. Give us a little bit scary. of that voice that you used. Well, it was uh, it was kind of with the um, with the music and everything. You know, I was just kind of getting into the Usher zone. Oh really? It, cause, yeah, his uh, he does uh, um, what is the thing? A what does it do? The uh, yeah man uh, thing. And uh, so I, I was oh, I had the music going and everything. I was kind of. Got in the zone there and did um, and did Usher. It was more of like a singing thing. I don't want to, uh, you know, have your uh, your, your listeners um, uh, hear me uh, butcher butcher a song. <laughs> <laughs> what is it impersonation though, man? I don't expect you to be spot on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know, but that yeah, that was that. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, a lot of different um, things. Been a couple of movies and stuff. A little. Um, uh, little different parts. Um, I always have a hard time remembering everything I was in. But uh, <laughs> well, tell us what you did on Conan. On Conan, uh, well, he did uh, had a, a sketch um, <clears throat> where they had uh, it was uh, for like these <laughs> very kind of um, uh, proper thugs, I guess. So it was a little. It was what? Doing, uh, well, they do sketches doing like his monologue and things like that. Right. Actually, they called me up to do. I participated in one of those, and they had, it was kind of this. Um, it was a uh, like these thugs who were very proper. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you know that. And it was part of this Iron Man spoof, but it wasn't right. Iron you know Man what? Was out of the time. Yeah. I saw that. That's why I asked you about that. I saw oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Once I started looking at your pictures, I said this guy looks familiar, and I couldn't really figure it out, but now I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny stuff. That was crazy, man. And yeah, so um, glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> now, do you have an agent that you're working with that gets you these um, gigs and things like that? Yeah, I do have an agent in New York, and um, I work for a lot of different casting agencies uh, in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. Um, a lot of people don't know, but like D.C. is actually one of the uh, largest commercial and uh, TV markets here. They have a lot of films coming through and things like that. Yeah. Um, and with with them, you know, on the acting side, but as far as far as the comedy, um, 
Mm-hmm. Pretty much, uh, you know, all of my, I kind of handle that stuff myself. Oh, okay. Yeah, man, I definitely have to um, get some information from you um, concerning who who did your package, man, because you got some great pictures. You've got, um, you know, probably um, um, some some great, you know, management behind you too, helping you out with some of the things that you do. Yeah, definitely. And, um, um, you know, I, I um, go ahead and mention some of the talent agencies that are out there because, you know, we, we also do another show that helps independent artists, and you could sort of fit into that because you're independently out there marketing yourself and, and managing your own career as opposed to, you know, sort of dropping um, your ambitions off in the lap of someone else and hoping that they will do these things for you. Tell us a little bit about... Um, what you're doing and, and the, the, the groundwork you had to do to get your career off the ground. Um, yeah, well, first let me uh, give a shout-out to uh, Kenneth Mansell and uh, All-Star Entertainment. Um, they're uh, a great uh, company helping a lot of uh, up-and-rising uh, artists. Um, as far as, uh, you know, just um, getting started and everything, it's, I guess really just got to be hungry, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I was, I really wanted to, uh, enter into this um, outlet, and a lot of times you wait for other people to um, put you on, so to speak, um, whether even if you're auditioning and things like that, you know, it's always, um, it's always uh, I guess, a hard time. You have, um, I know I do a lot of auditions. I was up in New York the other day up at um, 30 Rock, uh, you know, where they do Saturday Night Live, and all, uh, a couple different shows, the show 30 Rock and things like that, Um you know, a lot of times you can get cast for different things. A lot of times you um, you can give a great audition, and uh, they don't pick you. And it may not be because because you weren't uh, good. They may tell you, oh, you're great, this and that. But um, they may just be looking for something different or a different look or whatever. Right. So, um, my big thing is, you know, just kind of, you know, as far and that's why I did the TV show as well. Is mm-hmm. you know have to create your own outlet sometimes. You know, and we Absolutely. have. Uh, this, uh, you know, the technology is shifting so much where you can do a lot of stuff uh, on your own and, um, you know, start garnering a, a following um, through those different mediums. Like you have your YouTube and, you know, Facebook and Twitter, all all different kind of thing, outlets um, to not only, uh, you know, tell people about what you're doing, but also to kind of, um, you know, cultivate that following as well. And um, uh, some of the agencies... Um, I would say make sure you be careful about different ages. I had a lot of people come up to me asking me uh, questions about acting and stuff like that. Uh, but make sure you don't pay anybody if you're out there in any right. fine artist. Right. You're supposed to pay anybody first. You know, um, they're supposed to get paid off for you. Um, I almost made that mistake myself when I first started. Mm-hmm. I wanted some money in them. But, you know, you're so you know so hungry and you really want to do different things. So a lot of times you're, right. you can't allow yourself to fall prey to those uh, type of things. But um, mm-hmm. everything is the right, and right way to do everything. And uh, look at it and fall into those uh, traps. But, um, and since you know, we're I'll, talking about acting, and, and go ahead and put it out there, um, name some of the um, the agencies in, in this area that you've worked with that are legitimate agencies. Because if if it weren't for you saying it or other people saying it, people just wouldn't know, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple of agencies. Um, you have Carlin Davis, uh, mm-hmm. really uh, really good agency. Um, right. Pat Moran. Yeah. Uh, you have Central Casting. Um, yeah. DC and Baltimore. Um, also, uh, uh, Taylor Royal. Um, they're based out in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And um, did you have? A, there's a lot of film work, and um, you think about like they have a lot of different um, 
a lot of movies are based on like politics or you know kind of uh, crime and stuff like that. And a lot of stuff they shoot in D.C. or Baltimore because they kind of right. the architecture. So mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of different opportunities to find work and to get some uh, you know uh, you know credibility out here doing those type of things. So, I mean, those are some of the um, you know key in the bigger agencies around this area. Yeah, as a matter of fact, you know that new movie with Reese Witherspoon. I'm getting ready to post some pictures from that on my Facebook because um, I actually went down to the set and actually was able to take some pictures of um, Jack Nicholson and Reese Witherspoon and um, Paul Rudd. And, um, yeah, this kind of stuff is going on all the time. And I have an eye for it now. If I see the power equipment, the cables laid on the street, I know where I need to come back that night to be able to get some pictures. Yeah, Yeah, and actually Pat Moran, they did the casting for that one. Mhm. Yeah. Local company. So that's you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And um what we're going to do now is we're going to also bring on um a- another comedian that's being managed by your um guy Kenny Mansell and I'm not sure if he manages you or uh, basically how that works out but yeah, um this is Kai Morgan. Kai Morgan, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Okay, Kai, you still there, man? There we go. Hello? Hi, Kai. Welcome to the Measure of Truth. Man, I ain't know when y'all was going to ever. I felt like I was in church waiting on Jesus. I ain't know what was going on, man. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We, we, it took a while to get you in, man, but we still got 20 minutes left. I was waiting for Tommy left, to go ahead so. and take up the offering. I was waiting for Tommy to take up the offering. How you doing, Tommy? <laughs> I'm good, man. They gave me a couple more minutes. So I was going to be right on that, dog. Oh, man. Tommy, he said we was managed by Ken like he was Big Red on Five Heartbeats. I was a little concerned about that. I don't know. You know, Ken, you always get behind me right now. I have to say it. Well, Well, don't don't ask about his office hours, Tommy. Don't ask about his office hours. Kai, nobody knows who you are yet, so, man, go ahead and introduce yourself. (laughs) I'm comedian Kai Morgan. I'm originally from North Carolina by way of Washington, D.C., and, and tell us how long you've been in this um, the comedy business. Ah, uh, been in this comedy business for four years now. And um, yeah. is, is that your focus as well, clean comedy, or are you are, are a regular comedian? Well, he's a comedian. Has yeah, I mean, what you call him? <laughs> what was that? Nah, I'm pretty much I'm a com- I'm a comedian of my surroundings. Um, I pretty much um I adapt to my surroundings. I do clean comedy. I've done clean plays. Um, I've actually uh, just did some stuff with uh, with Child. It was it was interesting that you guys had interviewed today about the uh, Child trafficking. I actually did a thing with Tasha Smith. Shout out to Tasha Smith from Why Did I Get Married last week um, up in Maryland in reference to a child trafficking um, event. So yeah, I'm pretty much. I mean, I'm I'm all over the place. You no, name it, man. I do it. Really? So t- tell us um, some of the comedy clubs that you frequent that you've been performing at. Ah, uh, man. Um, <laughs> see, I'm, uh, he, he, uh, you got me telling my age now because that means I got to remember. Um, <laughs> being, in, being in Washington, D.C., things start off as comedy clubs, but they don't really end up as comedy clubs. It may right. say comedy club on the, on the flyer, but when you get there, it's somebody's bathroom. So um, <laughs> shout out to all the places that we have been. Uh, uh, I've, um, I have a group that actually we all do comedy together it's called CGM Comics Gonna Make It. Um, we yeah. have a centralized home um, up at Brightwood Bistro. Uh, let's see, uh, down in North Carolina, Comedy Zone. Um, 
up in Washington D.C., Maryland. It's it's so many different places. It's kind of hard to really tell you all of the the ones, but it's pretty much you know there's comedy we're there. So right, right. And so have you stayed in this area, or are you a traveling comedian? Tell us a little bit about. You. I just moved to this area up in, uh, around March, March of this oh, year. Okay. Um, yeah, so, some things changed and shifted in my life, and pretty much when sometimes God will move certain things for you to make a move, so to speak. So, right. um, you know, not not to start preaching, but you know, um, sometimes you have to follow, you know, follow His lead, and that's that's pretty much where it was. Like I said, I was doing comedy in North Carolina. Um, February this year, or January this year, excuse me, I actually had the luxury. Uh, my mentor, which is Eli Southern, um, went on to uh, Monique's show. You can actually catch it on one of the one of the if they do on any of the reruns. But it was actually on the Monique show with him this year, um, and that was back in January. We was actually on there with uh, with one of the Jackson brothers. They were on there, and after that, things just started moving for me. And something said, "Move to Washington D.C." I kept saying D.C., kept saying D.C., mm-hmm. and moved up here and just started doing work. Um, and, I mean, hit the ground running. A lot of positive people, such as Tommy Taylor, a lot of positive ones just start coming into my life. And it's, it's been a blessing thus far, um, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, well, that's good, you know. And, um, you know, um, what's interesting to me about comedians in general is um, I find that you guys are extremely intelligent, first of all, because it, it, the the way you guys tell stories and make people laugh. I mean, you really got to think your way through the proce- the process. It's a presentation and you really do have control of your audiences and um you know, it's it's sort of a gift. I don't know if you can actually learn to do that. I mean, you might be able to enhance it, but who was funny in your life that um got you on the road to comedy? Well, actually I got on the road to comedy not behind somebody being funny in my life, but actually behind a tragedy. Um I got mm. to tell a lot of people this story uh at the age of 24, it's, it's comedy for some people. I can laugh about it now. I actually had two children on the way at the same time and not by the same person, so they want twins. Mm. <laughs> so, um, But unfortunately, God's so fit for one of them to come on home um, to him, mm. you know, because mm-hmm. we are created by God, and at the end of the day, we go back to God. So um, 24 years old, getting ready to turn 25, preparing a funeral, at the age of 25, mm. you know, wasn't the easiest thing. You know, we prepare parties, we plan for parties. Some of us have planned for New Year's Eve parties since January of, of this year. But to actually prepare for a funeral, call people out, you know, find a suit for a funeral, it was tough. It was real rough. Um, and over that time frame, between the age of 25 and 26, God was just, just speaking to me, you know, he was telling me to go be to others what I needed them to be to me at the time. Mm, and I, I was see. saying to myself, you know, uh, this must be the Hennessy talking. This must be the vodka talking. This mm. ain't God. This must be from the book of, uh, book, <laughs> book of alcohol. So eventually, you know, over time, you know, you can run from God as long as you want to, but eventually it's just like Freddy Krueger, Jason, you're going to fall and he's going to get you. Mm. And um, I came to my senses in 2006 and just basically he wanted me to be to everybody else, but I needed him to be to me, which was laughter you know, to sometimes lighten people's lives, you know what I'm saying, basically to speak to them when they needed somebody to speak to them, you know, to be to them when they needed somebody to be to them. So that's that's just my point of view. Um, when I'm on that stage, a lot of times I, I feel like that I'm living on through my son that's deceased and my son that's living. Um, mm. So it, 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 it inspires me a lot. Like, I mean, most people will meet me and they'll, they'll tell you, you know, Kai's one of the most positive people you'll meet because, you know, he, he doesn't, 
he doesn't see selfishness. He does not a type of person that, you know, if he knows that he can help you, he'll help you, even if he feels like that you want to be more successful than him. Because my purpose in this game is not the same as everybody else. Some people want to see the fame. Some people want to see the glory, which, I mean, you know, if I get blessed enough to be, you know, the Richard Pryor or, you know, Cedric the Entertainer minus the weight, I take it. But, (laughs) yeah, I slid that in there. That's how we do. That's how comics do. But, I mean, you know, if it's nothing more than, you know, making somebody's day, keeping somebody from losing their life, you know what I'm saying, keeping somebody from, you know, you know, doing something that's going to harm themselves or others, then, you know, I've done my job. And that's just how I look at it. Wow. Well, that's good, man. You know, you're a man on a mission. And um, yeah, that's good to hear that you have some purpose behind what you you do. It's not just cutting up. But um, now, I, I'm really curious, though, about the, the, <laughs> the makeup of a comedian, though. Were you guys, um, both of you, were you um, – the, the cut up that kid in class who was always cracking jokes and um, disrupting class. Well, to be honest with you, for my for me, my mother always said I never had any. She said I never had any common sense. What she started realizing was not having common sense was one going was one day going to pay her light bill. Was one going to one day pay rent. But I mean, I was the person that you know I could run into a wall with twenty twenty vision. And, and get mad at the wall, like how you get there? You know that was that was me. I was <laughs> I, I was clumsy. You know I could trip on a straightaway. That's just that really? was me. So wow, yeah. wow. So is this the kind of comedy you do? Some of this, um, the Jerry Lewis slapstick kind of stuff? No, actually, the comedy I do is well thought out. I'm a, I'm very um, strategic. Uh, I speak a lot about my family. I speak a lot about my experiences. I do a lot of um, what you won't say, I will say type comedy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, oh. I, I talk about political. I, I'm i the type of person on any given day, I, I literally read at least three articles from different different papers. It might be a, a Washington Post. It might be, you know, a, a, a funny inquiry type paper. It may be a local newspaper. But I try to at least get three in just to see what's going on. Because a lot of the things that we experience on a day-to-day basis, it can be turned into comedy, and most people want to laugh about it because they tired of crying about it. You know, mm-hmm. um, we mm-hmm. all did the, you know, you know, the Barack Obama stuff. You know, shout out to Tommy. You know, being able to, you know, do the voices. The only person I can impersonate is a is a <laughs> is a person playing child support. That's all I got. That's all I got. For <laughs> I can do that real well. <laughs> I can get a standing ovation off that character, but. Uh-huh. Um, impersonate him? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> ain't no impersonating him. I got him. I got him. <laughs> okay. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, you know, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it really just it depends on what inspires you. Like I tell a lot of people, I, I analyze a lot of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, comedy is always around you. You know, this conversation can be made comical. You know, um, it's just a matter of, of pick, picking the bits and pieces out and determining whether or not it's funny or not. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that you laugh at may not be funny to the world, but you just got to you got to try it. It's like swimming; you got to jump in the water. Mm-hmm. Well, what I'm going to do, Kai, is I'm going to give you a, a minute to think about it, but I want you to give us a little something. Um, but um, I want to ask um, Tommy the same question: Were Were you a cut up in school? Were you that kid that always, you know, had the teacher sending them to the office? Nah, my mom would have beat me if I did. <laughs> <laughs> No, actually, I was, um, I'm always uh, actually a pretty observant kind of guy, you know, I'm just kind of to myself, um, but I'm always, always kind of thinking and observing uh, things, right. um, you know, so uh, I would, you know, if you're if you're close to me, like, you would, people would always say I'm funny, but if you didn't know me, 
Um, a lot of times you wouldn't know I was uh, in that fight unless you started talking to me and things like that. So, um, mm. but at the same time, I'm always I'm always very kind of um, you know strategic in my thinking, but I always observe and uh, you know uh, I think that's where a lot of my impersonation stuff came from. Uh, I was you know I always kind of mimic people a lot of times for whatever reason, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know things of that nature, uh, and um, you know I just kind of internalize everything that's around me and kind of. You know, kind of spit it out back. Uh, and it, it's funny, different people. Actually, some of the music remixes that I, I do, um, it's not because I see anybody else doing anything like that. Um, when I was younger, I would actually uh, take, um, like, popular songs. And you know, sometimes you, you have songs that be in your head all day, but sometimes the lyrics just be kind of crazy to me. So I would kind of remix them. I'll call them my Bible remix song. And I would feel like when, when the song's going through my head, at least I'd be thinking something halfway positive or whatever. And that's why I was telling I was saying that with some of my friends or whatever, and they, you know, they were just cracking up. So um, right. I would always use little parry and stuff like that for them, and, um, you know, they'd be laughing. And, uh, you know, so just, you know, just kind of being me, I guess, you know, that's... Um, right. Uh, yeah. And, and okay. um, Kai, um, you ready to give us a little something-something? It's going to be the quickest show I've ever done in my life. Okay. All right, man. Go for it. All right. We talk a lot about politics. Uh, You know what I'm saying? Um, This year we black president, which is something different. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely a change. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, I think a lot of people, they, I mean, a lot of people voted for Barack Obama. And the thing is, we we didn't vote for Barack Obama because we was wanting change. We voted for him because he was of color. You know what I'm saying? We knew we needed a little mixture in that White House. You know what I'm saying? Black and white make a different color. And then second of all, Barack Obama, you know what I'm saying? We knew Barack was going to come president. There's no way in the world they were going to vote McCain in for office. McCain is 10 years younger than the country. Ain't no way in the world they were going to vote him in for office. We'd have been at war. They'd have been at dialysis. It would have been just that serious. And it wasn't because McCain was white. It was because McCain's neck ain't had four years left in it. His neck only had a two-year term. Ain't way in the world. They didn't know what was going on before it came coming because when you got a weak neck, the secrets start coming out the bottom of the neck. You hear the words before they come out of his mouth. That's just that's just what we had going on. I think they wasn't worried about Barack getting in office. They was more so worried about Michelle getting in office because they know that when a sister get in the office, when she get in any vicinity of anything that she can decorate, she going to mess it up. Only black people, only black sisters get in a, in a house and paint the walls the same color as they shoes, talking about they trying to color coordinate. They trying to color coordinate. But that's just what was going on when we had the vote in. But it's shot out to Barack Obama. Glad that we got that man in office and glad to see that he's doing his thing. All right, all right. Kai Morgan. That's all on you, man. <laughs> I take no responsibility for that. I did not know that was gonna happen. <laughs> 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 oh man. So um Kai, you and Tommy, you guys know each other. Have have you actually been on his show as well? I nah, we we've actually um we've actually had the luxury of being on the same shows together. Um, you know, uh Tommy tried to mess with me because he he a little bit taller than me, you know. I'm actually a lot taller on the radio than I am in person, so but um <laughs> you know, Tommy tried to pick with me sometimes because I you know, I'm thirty years old but I'm like a five year old height, so but uh, oh. you know, Tommy, Tommy, pretty cool people. We we hang out from time to time. Real good brother. Um, like I said, when I first came up here from North Carolina, it's not very people that will befriend you up here unless they're trying to rob you, you know, because the right. friend comes first and the rob comes second. But up here, you know, Tommy was just one of those people. He was, you know, real cool, 
you know, he would call me, or at least his, his uh, iPhone would call me on accident, and then when I'd answer, he'd be like, oh, oh, uh, who is this? So he was that type of person. I thought he had an app for that, but I guess he didn't have an app to fix that problem. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, so he's actually, you know, I, he actually asked, he invited me down, which was an honor, on his first night of his show, but I was actually, I had to do a show out. So I got told him I will definitely come, um, you know, and do some clean comedy with him. But the world always needs the clean comedy. Oh, that's awesome, man. Well, it's, you know, good to hear that. You know, especially since you guys are in the same industry and there's no, you know, there's no competition between comedians. And um, it, Tommy, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, okay, okay. I was just double checking. But um, Tommy, we thought your quarters ran out, man, on that iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't switch over to Boost Mobile. I'm, I'm trying to make sure my minutes don't run out. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> man, all these people getting all this free. Sponsorship, man! I need some money from these guys, man. Yeah, but um, we really appreciate you guys coming on, and uh, we've only got a few more minutes left in the show now. And um, tell us uh, again where we can um, tune in for the radio show, and you as well, Kai. Um, after that, tell us where we can um, see you at your next performance at the next spot you've got. Uh, next spot, um, you can actually go on my website, which is www.wix. W-I-X, I had to spell it out because you got some D.C. listeners on here, dot com, uh, forward slash, that's the little slidly line that's like on the keyboard, K-H-A-I, Morgan, forward slash, Prince of Comedy. Um, all of my information, pretty much uh, bio, pictures, you name it, is updated on there. I'm also on Facebook under uh, Kai Morgan. Okay, um, we got two minutes. And okay, Tommy. next show is actually, next show hey, man, is wrap actually, that up. <laughs> <laughs> the next show is actually in, uh, in uh, Aberdeen, Maryland, next Saturday. Okay, good Thank enough. You. They can get that information. And, and you, Tommy, what time is the show airing? Uh, my show airs, airs on a couple different networks in D.C. and Virginia. You can get all the information on my website, uh, TommyTaylorJr.com. Just my name, Tommy Taylor Jr. Jr. And the same thing on Facebook and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you can all the information is there. You know, pictures. Um, you can donate to my uh, to my funds. All kind of stuff. So TomTillerJr.com. All right, great guys. Look, thank you very much. It's time for me to close the show. Appreciate you dropping by. And I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth. Special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman, and to Keith Mansell, Kenny Mansell, I'm sorry, that's his brother, for helping us out. And um, I'm Michael Fordham. And before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. And watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits, and watch your habits, they become your character. And watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you.
Nah, nah. 